Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It's always great to be saving money on that power bill, using technology wisely, and living a more sustainable life. Hey, I'm Tim Eccles. I'm vice chair of the Georgia Public Service Commission, a triple dog here in Athens. Uh, and, and we're going to be talking today with a double dog, but his double is probably better than my triple. Brad, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Proud to be here. We got Brad Carver here with Hall Booth Smith. Uh, you hear his firm advertised on our show. They're a sponsor. Uh, Brad, we're going to be talking about everything today your your time here in athens your time in germany uh the work that you did with the georgia municipal association papers you've written even your favorite waffle house food and logan booker here with us logan great to have a bunch of bulldogs in the studio today so we're almost hitting for the cycle you're the triple dog we got the double dog i'm the single dog bringing up the rear here (laughs) yeah there we go there we go we need the home run dog that's right right. hey uh, Brad, driving over here today, uh, you dropped your kids off at, at Georgia Tech, and you, you saw that Waffle House over there with that, I don't know, would they call that a, a, a bumblebee or a jacket? A or what, jacket. What it, oh, it's a jacket. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know what kind of insect it is, but uh, but you, you, and then you drove over here, and what did you see? I came to the, the Epsbridge Road Waffle House with a big old bulldog on the side of it. Yeah, so Waffle House, I mean, if you are a listener from maybe out of state or out of country when you come here you're gonna have to just go to the waffle house i mean they're just great logan what is your go-to menu item at it, the waffle house it is the what is the breakfast platter i'm, I'm trying the to blank all star breakfast. special i go with the hash browns instead of grits I, I like wheat toast actually more than white toast but uh throw a little uh cheese on the hash browns and i'm a happy man and cheese in the scrambled eggs as well okay the double cheese how about mm-hmm. you brad uh, i'm like logan i do the all-star breakfast but here's what i do i add hash browns because you, you can't do a breakfast with, with eggs without grits <laughs> eggs toast grits and bacon and then you have the hash brown on the side i love it yeah i know y'all are going to be disappointed to hear this but i have started going with the sausage bowl it's a big bowl of grits because grits are my favorite and they crumble up the sausage for you right in the top and i do without the bread because i really need to do without the bread but i am i am a sausage fanatic logan i just love patty sausage as a big guy i'll speak for other big guys too i might need a double of your order just to keep myself happy so i've, I've got to have that waffle attached to it too to be honest with you you know we're doing the energy matters awards this year but if we were doing sausage awards I would award Strickland's, not Stripling's, there's a difference, Strickland's here in Athens, right by the Nissan dealership, with the best patty sausage in the state of Georgia. Have either of you ever had their patty sausage? I have. It is excellent. Yeah, and they grind their own there. So, uh, it's a fantastic, fantastic food. Well, you're welcome to chime in at Matters Radio. Tell us what your favorite Waffle House meal is. Well, Brad, we're going to have a good time today. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, your time here at UGA. Uh, uh, maybe we talk about my time as a triple dog and Logan's time as a little single dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's start. Let's start with this, Brad. Where did you live when you were here as an undergrad student? I lived up on Prince Avenue. Lived there the whole time. So I left Duke in '94 for my undergraduate degree. Came here. For for a JD MBA and moved in in Winfield Chase right across from the Navy Supply School. And that was that was important for me. I had my military ID, shopped there tax-free. I lived there five years and loved it. We had a lot of law students that lived in that area. And we just I just love normal town. Used to go to Allen's all the time. It's just it's a nice, nice side. And I love being right there with the Navy School. 
Yeah, how about even you? Our, even as an Army guy. Yeah, how about you, Logan? What when I you? was a student, I had the treat of living right downtown. University Tower is right across the street on Broad from the Chapel Bell. Oh, and let wow. me tell you, the whole tradition of you only ring the bell after a football game, that is farce because <laughs> the, those students will ring it for any reason, any time of day. So I can still hear that in my head. But I loved my experience, and I have a very soft spot in my heart for downtown Athens yeah, now. Yeah, I'll tell you another folklore fallacy that there was folklore that if you walked under that arch you would be sterile and you would not ha- would not be able to have any children and i can tell you right that's now not true. that that's a lie <laughs> that is an awful lie because i wound up having seven kids and i walked under that arch all the time just daring fate uh and, i think uh, that folklore by the way has evolved now the kids today will say that you won't graduate i i've i've heard oh, what you said but that uh-huh. has kind of given way to well you won't graduate if you walk under the arch so you'll see kids students avoid it like the plague when they go around that thing these days you got to get the the graduation cap one of these days yeah well i hope i hope that that means they're wanting to have kids but i really don't think that's probably the case well i lived over uh, first i live in creswell hall which had been just made co-ed not the same floors but i think the second third and fourth floor was guys and the the rest and that was before the thing was air conditioned and then I moved over to Reed Hall, steps away from Sanford Stadium. I literally went down the stairwell wow. and walked in uh, right, right in the student gate. So that was cool. Uh, and that was, by the way, during Herschel Walker's time. Uh, so you, you know I wasn't missing one of those games. It only cost us a dollar to go. But then I moved to 208 First Street across the river uh, by Chicopee Mill. Me and some guys rented a house over there. I rode my bike, you know, back and forth to campus, uh, and it was just, man, just a fantastic time here in Athens. Brad, you you got you were in that joint program between the the masters and the law school. How did that work? That's right. So I did the first year of law school, um, and then I did my first year of MBA school. And unfortunately, my Army Reserve unit, we were out there at the Athens Ben Epps Airfield. We, we were mobilized for Bosnia, so I had to drop out of school for a year, came back, and then it's two more years combined. And at least the nice thing is, is that the Terry College is right there behind the law school on North Campus. And so I would go to an MBA class, and then I would go to a law school class. Did that for the last two years. When you graduate, you get both degrees simultaneously. Whoa, Logan, this is impressive. As the single dog, I'm very impressed, Tim. Yes. <laughs> so in your single dogdom, wh- uh-huh. what was your major? So I was a Grady kid, Grady uh-huh. student, Grady College of Journalism. I was uh-huh. a magazine major, huh. but they had a brand new program. I'm, now, I was a non-traditional student. I'm 38 years old, went to school much later uh, than your typical out of high school, but they just started the Grady Sports Journalism program. Mm. I was sort of the pioneer class of that. So while I was a magazine major, I got all of my requirements in that sports journalism program. Program, which is why my full-time job now is hosting the sports show here in our, our building we're sitting in right now. But uh, yeah, mainly I, I say magazine, but I'm really more of a sports journalism guy. Wow. So, you know, I was an English undergrad. Brad, I wanted to go to law school. I mean, I was pre-law back then. And, and when you were pre-law back in those days, uh, you basically just took one little pre-law course and they told you what law school was about. And that was it. Uh, and, you know, I was... I had taken the LSAT, I had interviewed at Emory, and applied to several law schools, but then something happened. I met a girl named Wendy, and you know, I was a senior here, and I, I, I just felt like, you know, this I, I, I've been here for four years, and I have never met a girl like this. I mean, I cannot let this girl get away. I've got to do, it's, it's like the biblical parable about, about the guy that finds the, the gold in the field, the treasure in the field, and he goes and sells everything he has <laughs> and buys the field uh, so that he could have that treasure. That is what I did. I said, you know what? I can make money doing anything. i got to have this girl. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll speak of having met the lovely Wendy Eccles, you did the right thing Tim. yeah you, it, you made the right choice it he outpunted his coverage it <laughs> was it was the right decision but then i came back when they started a new program in nonprofit organizations because by then i had not gone to law school i had i had gone into nonprofit uh, ministry and then started teen pack and and i just felt like wow i need some more skills here and so i went to this new program between the school of social work and public administration and got this nonprofit degree. 
And then I had such a good time with the master's program and we were so close here and and i had the time in the off season i said you know what i'm just gonna get another degree this is so fun mm-hmm. you know and i and i love the courses at the grady school so i hung around grady and got a pr degree and logan i mean it was it was much harder than the nonprofit mm-hmm. degree but uh you know and, and i kid with people and say you know what do you do with an english degree a pr degree and a nonprofit degree what good is that uh, you know, when it comes to knowing anything about finance and energy regulation, but then they remind me, wait a second, you're a politician. Those are really good degrees to get elected to office. So that was really fun. Well, so let me ask you this last minute of this segment. As you think back on your your time in school, what was what was kind of the highlight here? I'll start. I will say it's getting involved in the Baptist Student Union, and really, my spiritual life took off when I was here. And a lot of people go, "Wait a second, George, it's a party school. How did that happen?" Well, it did, and and that was really my fraternity, the Baptist Campus Ministry. We called it the BSU back then, just across from the Drama Building uh, up there on North Campus at 450 South Lumpkin. How about you, Logan? What's the highlight? So I mentioned I was sort of the pioneer student of that sports journalism program. Program. And I, I take a great deal of pride as being the beginning of that program. And since then, even the years uh, post-graduation, I've sort of helped this mentorship program in the, the facility there. So we'll have people come to our radio station here, students, and kind of learn uh, on the job there. So I take a great deal of pride in just getting that thing off the ground. That's fantastic. How about you, Brad, just in the last 30 seconds? Oh, man, it's the friends I made. Uh, Chris Carr, Attorney General, was there. Jen Jordan, who's running against him for Attorney General. A couple of Supreme Court justices, a couple of Court of Appeals judges, but really the international law students. That, that I love the fact that we have that at the University of Georgia School of Law. Wow, when we come back, Back. We're going to talk to Brad about his year in Germany. We're going to talk about Russian gas and why it is at the centerpiece of what's going on in the world right now. Hey, I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Stick around. We'll be right back. Energy Matters would like to thank Gas South for its support of the show. Gas South has a no deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. Gas South, the difference is good. Hey, Tim Eccles here, host of Energy Matters. Solar's growing like crazy in Georgia, and I certainly say buyer beware. It's great to have companies like Creative Solar USA on the job. Russ, why do folks need to reach out to you? Tim, we're going on to our 14th year, and we have the best staff and most experienced installers in the state to get the job done right. You can find out more at creativesolarusa.com or call 770-485-7438. That's creativesolarusa.com. BMVW is the place in Metro Atlanta to get your used hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or fully electric car. They're located on the south side near the airport, but it is well worth the drive. Go online to look at their inventory at ev-hybrid.com and set up a time to see the vehicle or even drive it for up to three days. I don't know of anywhere else in Metro Atlanta that you can do that. That's ev-hybrid.com, the best deal in town. ev-hybrid.com, ev-hybrid.com. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AMLAW 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. Hey, Tim Eccles, back with you. Another segment with Brad Carver, triple dog, me, double dog, and Logan Booker, single dog. Look, if you're wondering, what's this dog stuff? We're talking about University of Georgia. All three of us uh, spent a lot of time at UGA. And of course, you know, this show originates in the classic city uh, in Athens, Georgia, the Harvard on the Oconee, they used to call it, uh, the Oconee River. So, Brad, how did you wind up at Duke and, and then going to Germany? Well, I, I, I wanted to go to the best school, but I wanted to stay in the South. And so that took me to Duke University. They call it the, the Harvard of the South, and it's a great place. I went and met people from all over the world and and broaden my horizons meet and meet people with all kinds of different viewpoints 
and it was it was a tremendous experience. But I when I while there, I decided to study abroad. I had studied German in high school and did a year of German my freshman year at Duke. And my sophomore year, I spent in Berlin, Germany, and studied at the Free University of Berlin, which the United States started uh, after uh, the war. It was in the American sector of Berlin, uh, and just an amazing place. Large school, 60,000 students. Yeah, were your classes in English or German? We had, everything was taught in German. I took German history, German literature, German political science. Uh, It was fascinating. It was tough for me. Language is not my strong suit. Um, I joked while I was over there, you talked about your wife earlier, I I met my my girlfriend all the way through Duke, I met her in Berlin, and she was from Duke, never met her before I went over there, and everywhere we would go, I'm I'm an army soldier, I was an army soldier then, Uh, they would see me and peg me as an American right away, and they always thought that my girlfriend was German, that's how good her German was. Wow. I was I was amazed. She had a very strong language ability. Have you taught your kids to speak German? I have spoken to. I've read I've read German books to them. I'm trying to immerse them a little bit in it. Um, I don't get a lot of opportunities to use my German these days, though. We do have a couple of German lawyers uh, at my law firm. Brad, the Germans have something called their energy transition, and you can say it better than me, but it's energy vende, something like that, and it means uh, energy transition and. They have really been, I'm going to say, leading the way in renewable energy. Not necessarily exactly how I would do it, but they have, I mean, it's been an incredible determination that they have had. Did you see that tenacity from those people when you were there? I did. I did. Uh, the environmental consciousness was huge in Germany. Um, they, their recycling efforts, you know, of course, we have a recycling bin here. I mean, in the city of Atlanta, where I live, I have a recycling bin. There you had five different recycling bins. They, they, they took it very sick, seriously. Everybody had compost piles. Anyway, there was just a lot of environmental consciousness. And what I what I see from that, the Green Party was always politically strong there, too. And so, yes, you're right. They have led the the, and I tell people this all the time. Georgia is building its renewable energy program and, and all the success we've had. We have built it on the shoulders of giants, Germany leading the charge around the world on that. And in the United States, California. So I always have to give a shout out because it's because of their investment and 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 the Moore's. Uh, law, which says the more in technology that you invest in it, the lower the price becomes. And the state of Georgia has benefited from all that uh, dollars being spent on development, uh, has brought down the cost to where we are benefiting greatly from it here in the state of Georgia. In a second, I, I want to ask you about the German gas supply, because you, when you think about when you think about heating, you think about natural gas, you think about electricity. You know, when you think about cooling, you think about electricity. One, the Germans don't have, I discovered, a a lot of air conditions in every home. They have a a more temperate climate. Did you find that? I I did, yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, as as I went there in 12, and uh, Commissioner McDonald, McDonald, my colleague, went there as well, because it was early on as Georgia was thinking about solar, particularly Commissioner McDonald thinking about it. and, And I think... I think that trip influenced his thinking. It certainly influenced my thinking. We came back the next year, and Commissioner McDonald basically created uh, a, a scaled-up uh, utility-scale program of solar that has, frankly, become extremely popular, extremely successful, and it's actually fractionally lowered rates for every person on the system. It absolutely has. Yeah, so I I think the trip was extremely beneficial for us as we looked at what they had done and how committed that they were. I mean, we disagreed with their closure of nuclear power plants, which after that Fukushima accident, I think the Green Party had momentum that they had never had before when when it came to nuclear, and they were successful at cobbling together uh, I guess a majority. I mean, can you explain how their government works a little different than ours with their five political parties? Yeah. So the C- the CDU, the Christian Democratic Union, it was the ruling party for many, many years. Of course, that's Angela Merkel's uh, party. 
uh, and and they had uh, coalition governments because if you didn't have a majority uh, in their Bundestag, then you had to uh, you had to cobble together a coalition to have a majority. And so a lot of a lot uh, uh, during that period of time, the Greens again about ten percent of the of the voting strength in Germany. They were the partner to the Conservative Party, the right of center party. And together they 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 were the uh, uh, ruling party in Germany. And in a tip of the hat from the CDU to the Greens, they did move forward with the closing of the nuclear plants. COP26 in Glasgow this past year uh, in 2000, at the end of 2021, was a checkup for it was a climate conference, a UN climate conference. It was a checkup for a lot of countries participating to give a report, in part, on how they were coming on their climate goals. I mean, every country has different climate goals and treats it treats it a little bit different. But Germany, because of the closure of those nuclear plants and replacing it with fossil fuel, had actually gone backwards. The Germans, what I really appreciate about the Germans is they don't try to hide anything. They are transparent and proud of it. Uh, and they acknowledge that this fossil fuel, the brown coal, they call it, the lignite coal, uh, that it has caused uh, you know, CO2 uh, you know, to go up there and other greenhouse gases. But I think, Brad, their fear, paranoia, I'll even say hatred for nuclear energy supersedes even that. Do you think? No, I, th- I think that's exactly right. I mean, their neighbor to the West, France, obviously uh, the predominant uh, uh, power source in their country is nuclear power. They've, they've used nuclear power very successfully in France. But Germany has had that. And I do think the Fukushima was the final nail in that. And, and, and yes, it's interesting to me because... Uh, in the balanced approach that Georgia has, nuclear plays a, a, a considerable role, and it is making us uh, a, a much greener state now in Georgia. So, so again, it's just a different, you know, we, we have a little different view of the world in, in Georgia than they do in Germany. But again, I, I just have to tip my hat to them on what they've done on the renewable energy side. But it does lead to the problem of dependence with natural gas and that being such a critical uh, for their economy. Yeah, let's talk about that a second. I mean, I always say that when it comes to energy, geography matters, right? So your natural resources, the things that you have access to really matters. And in America, we're blessed to have an abundance of natural gas under the ground. The Saudi Arabia of natural gas, they say. Yeah, and we've been taking advantage of it for now, though it seems like some of the states in the U.S. are shooting themselves in the foot and deciding, no, we don't want to go there. But uh, Germany, they don't really have that natural gas reserve, do they? No, they don't. They There is a supplier in another part of Europe, and, and that's Norway. They pr- provide about 20% of the natural gas uh, to Germany. But the, the vast preponderance of the natural gas that's used in Germany today comes from Russia. And so they're wheeling that around through, uh, I guess, through the top of the country and coming in Germany's back door. How does all that work? Well, there, there's there's uh, p- pipelines that are in place. Uh, there is a pipeline, incidentally, from, from Israel that, that goes into Europe. There's also a pipeline that comes from Iran uh, up through Georgia, across through Turkey uh, that comes into uh, Europe, but but the Russian pipeline, uh, and there's a new one that they're proposing. That's the Nord Stream two pipeline, uh, and 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 so you know we hear uh, obviously we all know about Ukraine. Ukraine is is uh, very much in the center of all this too, and and frankly that reliance uh, by Germany on the natural gas from Russia puts them in a puts them in a bind, a very significant strategic bind. You know, I've said, Brad, we only have a minute left in this segment, uh, and, and we'll continue this conversation in the next segment. segment. But I've said, uh, even in my op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, that when you begin relying on a technology from another country, whether it's you know maybe a, a Chinese product, uh, maybe it's Russian gas, or maybe it's the the Russian nuclear technology, maybe that you're this third world country and you have accepted their reactor. But when that happens, it creates some 
political loyalties, doesn't it? It, yeah, yeah. it sure does. Yeah. So let's let's keep you over another segment. Let's talk more about what's going on, you know, with Russian natural gas and and, and all of this uh, this impact. You know, let's talk about. Georgia's deregulation of natural gas and and how all that works, including papers that you wrote, uh, you know, while you were uh, while you were here in law school about that. Hey, stick around. We've got Brad Carver, Logan Booker in studio. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Creative Solar USA is a Georgia-based turnkey installer of innovative solar panel systems. With their NABCEP certified installers, they ensure you receive the highest quality solar energy system in the industry. They're proud to work with you before, during, and after the install, blending customer demand, system capability, and expertise to provide the best service possible. Contact them today at 770-485-7438 or creativesolarusa.com. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We talk all the time on Energy Matters about buying a used EV instead of a new one. Let someone else pay the depreciation. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, can fix you up. Go to their website at ev-hybrid.com to see the ever-changing inventory. BMVW has every brand, every type of EV, and they'll even let you test drive it for three days, show you how to charge it and drive it for maximum performance. That's ev-hybrid.com, ev-hybrid.com. Reducing pollution from the transportation industry is an important goal, and few alternative vehicle fuels offer the distinct advantages of compressed natural gas. I myself drive an F-150 C&G pickup. Marlin Compression, part of Marlin Gas Services, is helping to usher in this clean energy future to the Port of Savannah, too. Not only is Marlin Compression a trusted provider of CNG for fleet fueling, they are also working with Port Fueling Center on a state-of-the-art CNG truck fueling facility. Learn more about the distinct economic and environmental advantages of using natural gas for trucking fleets of all sizes and explore all of Marlin services by visiting marlincompression.com. That's marlincompression.com. Calculate your savings today. Hey, Tim Eccles back in studio with Brad Carver, triple dog, me double dog, Logan Booker single dog, uh, but we're having a good time because we're all bulldogs and that's what really matters. How cool was it, guys, to win that national championship? I know, Logan, we only have 11 minutes in this segment, so I know that's going to limit you, but uh, because you you are, how many times do you watch that game? I, I, I kid you not, I think I've watched the fourth quarter alone maybe eight or nine times by now. Uh, last Saturday morning, my wife and I both very early risers. Uh, we woke up around 6 o'clock Saturday morning, made a pot of coffee, started the fourth quarter, watched it as if it were live. We both were shedding the same tears we shed January 10th that morning. I can't get enough of it, Tim. Wow. Can't get enough. Wow. And, uh, you know, Brad, you were at Duke, and they're like, you know, the basketball mecca up there. And now, you know, you live not too far from the Atlanta State, uh, the uh, Truist Park with the Braves, and and you're a Bulldog. I mean, this must be the greatest sports year of your life. If, if, the, if the Blue Devils can give Coach K <laughs> one last national championship, this will, will out of doubt, be the greatest sports year of my life. I do I have to take a second here. I do have to give a shout-out to my Hall Boo Smith office here in Athens, Georgia, very proud. Go dogs! We're so excited for all of you here at Athens. All of us from the Atlanta office are are just jealous every day that you get to come and work in, in this great city of Athens. Wow. I was in Bainbridge, Georgia, not too long ago, Brad, speaking at the Rotary Club, and a guy came up and he said, hey, do you know Brad Carver? I said, yes, of course. He said, I work with his law firm down here, uh, and he was a representative of y'all. Y'all are everywhere. We are. He's the, he's been, that's Brown Mosley, was the longtime Decatur County attorney down there in Bainbridge. I, I'm glad to hear from him. He's a great man. Former yeah, DA. Yeah, and you guys, I mean, what offices do you have here in Georgia? So we have an Athens office, an Atlanta office, a Columbus office, an adjunct office in Bainbridge, an Albany office, a Tifton office, and a Brunswick office. And y'all find yourselves helping these hospitals and, and do. school boards. Do you do some stuff with cities, too? We, we represent cities and counties. Out of this office, we represent several school boards, uh, Athens, Clark County Schools, and, and other school systems around here, and then do a lot of county work. And then hospitals are a big deal. So we do a lot with Athens Regional, but really hospitals all around 
around the state of Georgia. Wow. You don't rep- represent any Russian pipelines, do you? We do not. <laughs> Let's talk about those Russian pipelines for a second. Germany, they do use a lot of heat and what's called district heating, where uh, where you're, uh, maybe a city is providing heat. I was in Switzerland back after the World Nuclear Exhibition, and there was a nuclear power plant supplying heat over next door, steam over next door for a cardboard plant. Not too unusual to, you know, maybe to pipe steam uh, from someplace. But the Germans are getting this natural gas from Russia. Do you think that it is causing them to be a little tepid in dealing uh, with Russia? There's no doubt it is. And it's causing a strain within NATO, and, and that's a problem. I mean, the point of NATO is, you know, attack on one is an attack on all. It has been a, the most successful military alliance in, in, frankly, the history of the world. And it needs to be supported, frankly, by, by everybody on both sides of the Atlantic that uh, believes in democracy and, and capitalism. And so it is a problem. And and one thing I have to say, the United States could be the solution here. Like we said before, that we are the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. We uh, were last year or two years ago the largest exporter of of, uh, uh, energy in the world. And we can be that again. Um, they're, they're the key to that, of course, is is uh, the Keystone Pipeline and 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 tapping our potential. But here's the deal: we can, that natural gas can be. We have an LNG terminal right here in the in the state of Georgia, Elba Island. The facility has been now retrofitted to instead of import natural gas to export natural gas. We are sitting on the ability to make this country a lot of money, and at the same time. They can liquefy it, take it to Europe, regasify it, supply it to all of Europe, including Germany, and do that much cheaper than the cost of Russia supplying Germany. And from a strategic standpoint, it would be much better for them to rely on a NATO ally than than the aggressive uh, Russian country. Yeah, we've seen Turkey in a, a little bit of a, a dilemma over there because they had gotten sideways with the U.S. because they were wanting some of our weapons, but they were using some Russian technology as well. And, and, and obviously, these things don't mix and match. You know, going back to Elba Island, folks may not know this, but if you've gone to downtown Savannah and you and you head out towards Tybee, down the river, you you will pass Elba Island. But right before you pass Elba Island, there's a giant dome there, Brad. And in that dome are southern pine wood pellets. Not chips, but manufactured pellets. It's had the water compressed out of them. And because of a U.N. climate agreement called the Kyoto Protocol, which was before the Glasgow, before the Paris Accord. But this protocol allowed countries who signed on to it to use wood pellets as a substitute for coal to count those wood pellets as zero CO2. They have CO2. Now, they don't have a nitrogen oxide uh, scrubber and they don't have a mercury bag house. So they are cleaner and certainly, it's great for the Georgia economy and Louisiana economy as it's coming out. But you will find a giant dome of those wood pellets being loaded onto ships day after day because in England and in Germany, they burn Georgia wood pellets for energy. How cool is that? It's, it's awesome. And, and, and listen, that's, that's the, that is an opportunity for us to, to export to, to Europe do them good, help the environment, and frankly, to help our economy. Yeah, France, I don't know if you saw this, but after the COP26 conference, when, when all of these countries basically you know, looked at their report card and say, eh, C minus, uh, D plus uh, in terms of their climate goals, here comes Macron back to France. And all of a sudden, he had been talking about closing nuclear plants. All of a sudden, he said that they were going to spend 50 billion euros to build six new nuclear plants with a French design that they've already designed and building in Finland. This was a campaign promise. If he's reelected this year, he will build eight more. Brad, this kind of leadership over there, I hope it has some influence, but it is going to make France the powerhouse of Europe. I agree. I I will talk, uh, just compare that to the state of Georgia and what we've done here. Um, it is critically important that Plant Vogel is finished. We we are right now with that nuclear technology building 
the only plant outside of China and Russia, and we need to continue to have that expertise. It is important from a national security perspective. It's important from the Department of Defense perspective. I'm glad we're doing it, and it's also going to mean 80 years of of uh, a baseload resource that'll run 24 hours a day and supply extremely cheap electricity to, to ratepayers in Georgia, and and it's carbon free, Brad. And as I think about, and I was at uh, recently at the Siemens ribbon cutting for as another German company, Siemens there in uh, Peachtree Corners, on a new electric vehicle charger design that they have come forward with, uh, that actually has all. It, it's almost like a little carport but not quite that big and all the wires including batteries and stuff are up in the top and you just pull your car under it doesn't really disrupt the parking lot it sits there like an arch almost and you pull your car up up under it the Siemens executives and I were talking and they were they were saying that there's going to be such an additional load on the power system that yeah having more chargers and more cars is great but what about the grid can you supply the energy in a way that doesn't wreck your grid this is a great point. We all know it. We all watched the Super Bowl. We saw there were four different uh, uh, ads for car manufacturers that are switching to electric vehicles. Fifteen different lines Ford's coming out with. Same with GM. Electric vehicles are the future, and we're, we're heading there. And Georgia is truly being a leader on that. we got the Rivian plant, $5 billion of investment. We have SK Battery up pretty close to here in commerce. And so Georgia has the ability to be a, a leader on that. And the truth is, if we if we construct our grid properly and we put in the battery storage that we need, which Georgia Power is proposing in this IRP, uh, we can lead the nation uh, in this. And it, and you're right, it is going to take a tremendous amount of resources, and that's why we need to be focusing on solar plus storage to help uh, achieve that. Because if we want to be sustainable and clean, um, solar plus storage is a great way to go. Brad, I recently got myself in a little trouble with an op-ed that I wrote in Insider Advantage talking about competition in the EV market. I got myself in a little trouble because it hit the day the legislature was discussing a particular EV charger bill. I never intended for it to have any influence on that, and I don't think it did, but I think it surprised some people uh, that maybe they thought I was not wanting the power company to be involved in building chargers or not wanting the power company to rate-based chargers or do make-ready, and that's far from the truth. I have, I really think the power companies must lead the way in this, and Georgia Power's done that. I, ju- I just have said, in Casey Boyce, my co-host on the show here regularly, I've just said that as we roll out the big money from Washington, that we need to make sure that we're doing it right, that we're not not wasteful, and that folks that are in the mainstream uh, who are just getting into electric cars don't feel like it's $10 at one place and $2 at another. Brad, I promise that when we get back, we are going to talk about Georgia natural gas deregulation, the papers that you wrote. So we, we're going to do that. We've got to talk about this in the show today. So, hey, stick around. I'm with Brad Carver, Logan Booker in studio. We're going to talk more about natural gas and all types of energies when we return. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit. And the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. Tim Eccles, host of Energy Matters, here with Jeff Pratt of Green Power EMC. Jeff, more and more EMCs are offering solar to their members, and you're seeing it grow like crazy across rural Georgia. Tim, you're right. Co-ops in Georgia are doing a great job of deploying solar across the state. In fact, they're leaders in the country with respect to engaging customers and deploying large-scale solar to benefit all their members. Hey, contact your EMC and ask them about their solar energy policy, or just Google Green Power EMC.
This segment of Energy Matters is sponsored by Hall Booth Smith. This law firm works with over 88 Fortune 500 companies, and they have offices from Brunswick to Athens, Tifton to Columbus, and of course, Atlanta. We'd like to thank Hall Booth Smith for the great work they do with school boards, hospitals, cities, and counties all over our state. See more at hallboothsmith.com. Hey, Tim Eccles, back one more segment with Brad Carver here in studio. Brad, a triple dog uh, at Hall Booth Smith now and at the commission regularly and does a fantastic job. Brad, at the end of segment three, we were talking about this article that I got myself a little bit in a little bit of trouble on because it was misunderstood. You know, I, I have been trying to lead the charge on EV policy in America. I mean, this has been important to me. And I put this article out there about competition, mostly about demand charges, because, you know, as a pioneer EV driver myself, I've put up with a lot. I mean, I drove a Nissan Leaf. It doesn't have that big a range. But uh, a lot of the early people on these EVs have been pioneers. And so they would tolerate a lot. But mainstream drivers now getting into this is going to have to be easier. And I don't know, you saw the article. What do you think? It It is absolutely, and I think you were 100% right. It is absolutely essential that we deal with those demand charges. And, and, the, and the utilities put those demand charges in there for a reason. But if we're going to have a policy that's going to encourage private sector investment into particularly fast chargers, which are what are you going to need for those casual drivers, I shouldn't say casual drivers, but new adopters of EV technology, they're going to want to get rid of their range anxiety, and they've got to know that when they drive down the road, that they will be able to fuel up in 15 to 20 minutes, And, and but in order to make that work, the demand charges have to be addressed or else it doesn't work economically for the supplier. Yeah, but Brad, I, I don't want to hurt our EMCs who really don't have uh, don't don't have uh, stockholders, shareholders to be able to go get money from. So I'm, I'm, I think we've got to walk the line on this. And uh, you know, me and my colleagues obviously, you know, will be making rate decisions, tariff decisions in the future. Who knows where this is going to go? But I mean, I, I am very committed as an EMC member myself and also working with these EMCs to make sure that they're made whole, that they're able to do all this without breaking the bank. And the same with the power company that's really led the way on this. I mean, no one, uh, no utility I know in America has done more than Georgia Power in leading the way on this. So, uh, Brad, I guess, you know, everything's yet to be seen. It's a, it's, there's a lot of moving parts, and we'll see how it all works out. We will, but there's one thing that's going to be for sure. We're going to need a tremendous amount of energy to be able to do this. So there, there is an opportunity for all energy suppliers uh, to be able to put in that infrastructure and be a part of the solution. Uh, that part, that part, we know for sure is going to have to happen. Brad, I told the folks at the Siemens ribbon cutting. I was a speaker there with a congresswoman and a couple of other folks, and. I told them, look, the job of me and my colleagues is to make sure that when all those cars are plugged in at 6 p.m. Uh, in the future, that that grid is stable. And that's the creative rate making that we've done before. Like, for example, there is an EV time of use rate. And those of you out there are going, what? What is that? Well, I'm not going to go into exactly what it is now, but it, it the price you pay for electricity varies based on the time of day. And overnight, Brad, that energy drops to only a penny and a half per kilowatt and plus, plus the junk fees. Uh, but what it does, Brad, is it incentivizes them to start charging the car at 1101 instead of 601. And as Amazon starts ramping up with these Rivian vans, having 50, 100, 150 at one location, and those drivers are coming in at six, Brad, we cannot have 10,000 commercial vehicles plugging in at 601 every night. We need we need that energy shifted overnight, don't we? Well, and the good news is, is that your, your day-to-day commuters will large part be charging at home during those off-peak hours. That's going to take care of those. The market for these fast chargers is going to be more for your travelers going on vacation, et cetera. Yeah. Well, Brad, when you were in law school here, you wrote a couple of papers about deregulation. 
and Georgia has deregulated its gas market. We haven't deregulated our electricity market, and I don't think we will. Uh, but Texas has, uh, and that, in part, caused some problems down there. Uh, the paper that you wrote back when you were a young man, uh, do you feel still feel it's relevant today? I do. It's it's interesting. I it back. Uh, I wrote this paper back in 1998. It was I uh, did it for uh, Professor uh, R. Perry Sintel, the late R. Perry Sintel, uh, professor at the University of Georgia Law School, all the way back to 1959. And the paper was the effect of natural gas and electric deregulation on Georgia cities. In 1998, our former governor, Sonny Perdue, was the majority leader of the Senate, uh, and he was the person that helped to push through uh, natural gas deregulation. And what that did was that it made Atlanta Gas Light Company a pipes-only business, the distribution company, and it allowed the, 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 uh, the, the energy component to be the commodity component to be competitively uh, or put in the competitive marketplace between natural gas marketers. For instance, I represent Scana Energy. They've got a 500,000 customers in the state of Georgia and they compete in a deregulated natural gas market, which has created a very innovative, very competitive program, which is good for Georgia powers, or excuse me, for uh, Georgia consumers. And so it's actually worked out very well. And, and on the other hand, um, I think Georgia did the right thing by not doing deregulation on the electric side. There was gonna be an issue of stranded cost if that were to happen. Uh, and, 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 and we've seen what's happened in other states like Texas. I'm very glad that we have taken the approach we've done in Georgia and, and put a pause button. It worked on the natural gas side, but I think we did the right thing to keep it regulated in Georgia. You know, that, that whole Texas thing, we've talked about it on the show before, 4.5 million people out of power and not really a lot of incentives for these energy producers to do the preventive maintenance, the winterizations that were needed. I think they've done them now because Texas has moved heaven and earth to try to keep this from happening, happening again. Over 100 people died. There were all kinds of things that were going on. So we certainly, uh, we certainly want to... Uh, Certainly want to be careful uh, in the future on that. Hey, just in the last few minutes, Brad, the integrated resource plan that uh, we're considering at the commission now, we're going to poke and, 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 and listen to testimony. I guess you're going to be involved with that. Uh, I mean, it is an important part of how we do planning in Georgia, isn't it? It is. It, it is. It's a. It's a, 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 pl- a plan for Georgia Power to look into the future and determine what their energy mix is going to be. And Georgia Power has been very bold here. I'm, I'm going to step out and applaud the Georgia Power Company for being uh, very aggressive here and putting Georgia in a really strong position. Uh, they're proposing that we will uh, close our our the, our coal plants by 2035, and it is it, they are proposing a substantial investment in solar plus battery storage. They see solar plus battery storage as the future. It's an extremely uh, low cost energy source and it is generated right here in the state of Georgia and has already contributed to a significant amount of investment, particularly in rural Georgia, particularly in South Georgia. And in this plan, they're proposing a gigawatt to be done in North Georgia. So we probably are gonna see some utility scale projects, maybe even here, Uh, in the metro uh, Athens area. And they're doing so because there's a lot of constraints to the grid, particularly in Southwest Georgia. And while they they improve the transmission grid in South Georgia and add this battery capacity, then we'll probably be able to go back to South Georgia and be able to put in more utility scale projects. But they're also proposing 200 megawatts of distributed generation solar projects as well across the state. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about all of those. But let me ask you this, Brad, and we'll, I mean, we're obviously going to be talking about this on the record out throughout, you know, throughout 2022. I'm, the, after the Texas thing, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, OK, I see your plans to close the, these coal units in 2028 and the rest of them in 35. Is there anything wrong with holding back a little on that and keeping the plants alive not you don't necessarily have to use the coal just because you keep it open. Is there any benefit to treating it almost like an emergency generator? That's a thought. I think the problem we're seeing is if you look at it from if if you take the negative externalities into account, the the coal ash ponds, et cetera. I think 
when Georgia Power looks at those overall costs, because we're having to do remediation for the coal ash ponds now, um, if you if you look at it from that standpoint, uh, solar plus storage fits the bill to 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 solve the problem. And I don't see it being an issue because remember, there's no commodity cost with solar. Once you put it in, it's a fixed price. It's going to be below three cents a kilowatt hour, and it's going to be a thirty year fixed price contract. It it actually is the thing that will address the price volatility that you see with natural gas and these other resources. So I, I, it, it's, I hear you about having the, the backup, but I don't think we're going to need it, especially with this battery storage technology coming online. I'm really anxious to see the data. And I know your group, Georgia Large Scale Association, y'all are going to be putting data up there. And that's the cool thing about this process, Brad, is it? it's not some willy-nilly spontaneous decision, right? We're, we're going through, we're getting testimony, we're hearing from experts. Any of these groups can put up an expert and, and, and we take all of this into consideration and then months later, we have a vote. And so that's a really cool thing. Well, Brad, it has been great having you on Energy Matters today. And folks can find you at Hall Booth. Smith, thanks a lot for being on the show. Thank you very, very much. And, and I, I'll tell you, we, we are the Georgia Large Scale Solar Association at the Advanced Power Alliance. We're very much looking forward to the conversations in the Georgia Power IRP. And we appreciate your leadership on this state and Georgia is a model for the rest of the country. Well, that's great news and I really appreciate your confidence and support. Hey, you've been listening to Energy Matters. What a great day uh, that we've had today. You can find any of our back episodes at WGAURadio.com and just click uh, on demand. So thanks a lot for listening to our show. I hope you have a great weekend, everyone. Tim Eccles of Energy Matters here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over the state. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. Gerd and all the folks at Solar Sun World understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work for you. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll advise you on the best path forward. And Solar Sun World now offers power purchase agreements. Find them at solarsunworld.com, solarsunworld.com. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your $1, 2 or $5 checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you. Krylon Fusion All-in-One Spray Paint with five times stronger adhesion doesn't require sanding or priming, has maximum rust protection, and comes with a no-peel guarantee. What does all of that mean? It means you can spray paint almost any surface, skip most of the prep work, and enjoy your results longer, inside or outside, rain or shine. It's everything project people need, all-in-one. Visit Krylon.com to find your local retailers. Krylon Fusion All-in-One Spray Paint has five times stronger adhesion as compared to other Krylon general-purpose paints.